As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is a true crime podcast, as the title suggests. So please consider this your warning that it's not suitable for children. And it probably will contain content that may be triggering to some people. Also, it's an Australian true crime podcast, so Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners should be aware it may contain the voices of deceased people. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. 
As promised, we're back with John Rouse, one of the founding members of Task Force Argos, the world leading specialist unit dedicated to investigating online child exploitation and sexual abuse of children based in Brisbane. He's joined by Akeem Dev, the filmmaker and journalist behind the excellent documentary about the work of Task Force Argos, The Children in the Pictures, which you can watch on SBS On Demand. In this episode of Australian True Crime, they're answering your questions, and we begin with a question from Esther. Hi, my name is Esther, and my question was, with the rise in AI technology, has AI been used to recreate child exploitation slash abuse material to trap or catch online predators? So I'm now a professor at Monash University at the Artificial Intelligence Labs. This is um, very high on our radar at the moment, and in fact, I'm in communication with Adele. I had a conversation with her yesterday. I'm working with camera forensics. I'm working with a whole range of tech providers at the moment because right now the child sex offenders are training stable diffusion on child sex abuse material, right, to produce new content. Stable diffusion is a form of technology. It's a machine learning technology that can produce new content, generative AI. Okay, because that's the question I, I have to ask and God, Forgive me, Buddha, forgive me. It's the most disgraceful question. But I know people, other people will be thinking it. It's like that question of, you know, when, when someone buys a child sex doll and there's part of you that thinks, well, is that better? If he's using that, is that stopping him hurting a real child? So is AI child sex abuse material preventing someone from creating real child sex abuse material? So let, let's just address the sex, the child sex dolls issue for a start, which we had to force very rapidly to get legislation in place. If you listen to the Dr. Michael Burks of the world or the Joe Sullivan's of the world, leading criminal psychologists in this area, they will tell you that taking your, and I'm just going to speak just as graphically as I possibly can here. No, I think it, we absolutely have to, yeah. All right, so we have child sex offenders that masturbate to content, all right? Just just like just about everybody masturbates to pornography, child sex offenders masturbate to child sexual abuse material. You take that from your screen, from your phone or your computer monitor into the manifestation, the real world manifestation of a what looks to be a child, the leading criminal psychologist that I've worked with will all say that is one step closer to taking a real child and sexually abusing them, okay? And that's logical, is it not? Uh, well, that's what I was asking. I wasn't sure if it satiated a desire or if it increased a desire and moved you closer to wanting to move out of fantasy and into reality. Look, I mean, from, you know, my my perspective, you, you've got to look at offending as a spectrum. There will be some offenders that, yeah, that's all they'll, that's as far as they'll go. They'll, some offenders won't even look at material. They'll just keep it, they'll just have fantasies in their own head and they'll go, that's my, my line. I won't cross that. It seems like the further you cross or the more lines that you cross, your inhibitions kind of lessen and weaken. For some, it might be enough to satiate it, but for the ones that it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Then, you know, 
yeah, I, 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 I think I think it's a it's an argument that yeah, it, it it's completely flawed, and I think will end up doing more damage than mitigation. Yeah, I suppose it, it it also sort of runs along the lines of that idea that people who who are caught with child sex abuse material on their computers will say, "I just was curious. I just went one time onto Tor, onto the dark web. I just was curious, and then." I saw it once and then I kind of ended up just sit down a rabbit hole and I just Look, I've I've heard every I know, yeah. <laughs> every mitigation against this, you know, I was abused as a child, that's why I did it. Really, if you're abused as a child, is that not the last thing that you would want to perpetuate on another child? I've heard this bullshit for my entire career. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. We're back with your questions about cyber safety. And next up is our lovely friend, Jessica Rowe, who's a media superstar, of course, but also a mother of two daughters. And like many of us, she's still struggling with this seemingly rudimentary question. Oh, there's so much I want to ask you. But I suppose first and foremost, what is the best way to talk to our kids about online safety. I always think there's almost this moral panic sometimes as parents that we have and we don't know where to start. So what's a good starting point? 
John, how I don't know how old your your kids were when you really started to talk to them about this this stuff or where technology was at. Look, um, my daughter was eight when MSN was a thing, right? When MSN Messenger came on, and I was two years into Argos doing online investigations. So you're not going to get a more protective parent than me at that point in time. I did two things at that stage. Number one, I put Spyware on a computer. Okay. And I'll I'll explain why I think that's a bad thing. The story kind of goes like this. Like, uh, so I'm monitoring a conversation she's having with a friend of hers on MSN. She's pretty much bullied by this kid pretty horrendously on MSN. My daughter then comes upstairs crying. I don't know why she's crying, do I? Because I haven't been spying on her conversation. Mm. But I felt so guilty oh. um, that I'd done that, that I never did it again. But what I did do was have very, very frank conversations a very simple thing, which resonates still today, and you should say to any kid, if you haven't met this person in the real world, you do not know who they are. You know, we have we have kids on Snapchat with 90,000 contacts. So the simple way to articulate it to kids, and I did say this to my daughter back in 2002, 2003, if you get a friend request from somebody that you don't know, talk to me about it. But the golden rule is if you do not know that person in the real world, you do not know who they are. And she started coming and talking to me about it. And I'd go downstairs and I would just reinforce it, say, do you know who that is? No. What do we do? Block. Correct. Exactly. Block. And Brilliant. Not just don't accept their no, thing, but block. block. Block them. How do you know who they are? Love it. Yep. You know, um, God, you know, the analogies of, you know, leaving your kids alone in the park yep. is just such a such a simple one. You wouldn't damn well do it, would you? But you're leaving your kids in your bedrooms with technology that's giving them global connectivity, ability to activate cameras and talk to people all over the world. And let me tell you for a fact, there's about 5% of the world's population have a sexual uh, preference towards children. We've got the stats to prove that. That's big numbers. Yeah. Um, we've got a great question from Monique. Hi, guys. Um, my question is, if my child has been coerced into showing explicit material online, is there any way to permanently remove that content from the internet? Thank you. So you'll hear uh, from the eSafety Commission and National Centre for Missing Kids in the US and Project Arachnid and a range of other advocates that content can be taken down if it's distributed. So... I don't think anything is 100% foolproof. It depends on how it's distributed and who it's distributed amongst. I would absolutely tell anybody who has whose child has come forward and thankfully told them that this has happened to immediately report it, definitely report it to the eSafety Commission. Their website's got a reporting portal for that. But I would always say that you can't ever get something completely off the internet. What I would say in response to that is... Um... Look, you're talking about the internet and if if those images are up there, there's no guarantee that they won't be distributed. What's important is you talk to your child and make her realise or make them realise, him or her, that they are a victim of crime. Yes, good point, yes. You know, I, I said the same thing to my eldest daughter. If, if it ever happens to you, just don't, look, I'm not going to judge you but you're a victim of crime. And she's like, oh, my God, as if I'm going to come and tell you that that's happened. And I'm like, well, then you won't get the right type of, number one, justice mm. and the stuff that follows through because identifying this crime is is only one part 
of the victim story, mm -hmm. the rehabilitation that that child needs for them to, you know, be a, a healthy adult and for, for these not to have ongoing and lasting repercussions has to happen at diagnosis of the crime or discovery of the crime. Ryan has asked a question which we've sort of, we have talked about, but but he's asking specifically, can our government do anything more, in your opinion? Is there any uh, changes that they can make to our legal system to reduce the risks? Are there changes you think, John, that one government, the Australian government, could make changes to help us as a community with this? At, at a Commonwealth level, the government has been very aggressive in pushing back against industry and calling them out on this. But we're dealing with an incredibly complex global issue. And we still have not worked out how to share intelligence uh, amongst law enforcement accurately or, or fairly or legally at the moment. Even that is cumbersome at the moment. So you're dealing with you know, predominantly in many cases here, US companies, uh, you know, the freedom of speech issues in the United States that they can hide behind. So trying to, us trying to regulate the United States and, and firing shots isn't going to work, but at least the government's standing behind what's being said from our perspective in Australia. Legislatively, to protect the population, the government, both state and federal, very aggressive in, in modifying our laws. We're way ahead of, of most of the world with our legislation in this particular area. If you accept the statistics that this is one of the fastest growing crime types in the world, but unfortunately, the, the way that this phenomenon, and I won't just call it a crime, but a phenomenon of internet child exploitation has been brought to us and discovered was through the lens of law enforcement. But it's only one aspect. So if you're asking what I believe the governments need to do is they need to take a bit more of a holistic approach to it. If we can educate our kids to the dangers of it, then there's the prevention aspect of it. And if we hold our social media companies to a higher standard of, in, in the same way that we would, like John has said in the documentary, the same way that we build playgrounds with safety in mind, then we'll be able to make certain changes. But I think where it is going to happen is when the effects of this really start to play out and they won't start to play out in all its intensity for another 10, 15 years when the victims of online child abuse start reaching their 20s and 30s, becoming completely cognizant of the abuse that's happened and we all know that victims of child exploitation have a huge overrepresentation in people with mental health issues, addiction issues. In prisons. Prison populations. Exactly. So, you know, do we need to let it reach those epidemic levels and see how it's going to affect all aspects of society before we make the change? We're fully equipped with all the stats and figures to know that, you know, it starts at the home and it starts probably a lot younger with our kids than we would have expected. It's just something that we need to accept, wrap our heads around. We need to educate our kids on the, the dangers of technology, but our governments need to be in lockstep with us. Thank you to our guests today, John Rouse and Akeem Dev. Don't forget to check out SBS On Demand for Akeem's documentary featuring John 
called The Children in the Pictures. If you need support after listening to this podcast, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or contact 1800 RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or 1800respect.org.au. Indigenous Australians can contact 13 Yarn on 13 92 76 or 13 yarn.org.au. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.